0: Good
1: evening, Zonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglialoro. I am your host for this is Zone Recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment. Radio Network. We got a good show for you tonight. We'll be joined by Dave Hastings and Eric Tressler in a matter of moments here. And we got a lot to talk about tonight. First of all, we want to, of course, thank everybody for listening to us on all our various podcasting outlets. So no matter how you listen to us, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn, as always, we thank you for joining us no matter how you join us. And as I say, we have a lot to talk about tonight, the July 4th weekend has come and gone. Last week's heat wave is probably going to come back at some point because we're only in early July. Uh, so we have that. Uh, when I was driving home today, I was caught in torrential downpour uh, for the better part of 20 minutes. But I'll take a 20-minute ride over, uh, over an hour and a half ride any day of the week. So that was fun. But as far as the sports world goes, we get set to begin the NBA Finals. We have the Phoenix Suns taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks will likely be playing game one tonight without Giannis Antetokounmpo. So we have that. Um, I, I'm wondering whether or not we will talk some of the controversies of the week. We have we obviously have some hockey to talk about. I see Schmelrose getting ready to join us here. Uh, we have DNHL Finals to talk about. Um, Schmel Rose, I see you there. How are you doing? Oh, it's not time for Schmel Rose yet. Okay, I apologize. Um, anyway, um, so the Tampa Bay Lightning lost game four, and now the series goes back to Tampa Bay. Obviously, there was a the big controversy because the uh, country of Canada still will not allow the friends and family of the Tampa Bay Lightning into the country to celebrate if they were to win on Canadian soil. So there was a whole big spiel where I think the mayor of Tampa Bay was kind of, I, I I am assuming he was joking, but he said something to the effect of, you know, in game four, we kind of want to see Tampa Bay take it easy on Montreal. We want, you know, to get some breaths. However he phrased it, the idea was throw the game so you can win it in Tampa Bay so the friends and family get to see it. And as I say, I'm pretty sure he was joking, Um. But in one way or another, it happened that Montreal did win game four to avoid the sweep. Uh, So I'm sure we'll be talking some hockey with Schmelrose in a little while. But right now, he's coming on. Let me wait until I see his microphone here. We didn't even mention the fact that last Wednesday was this gentleman's 36th birthday, I think. But Dave yep. Hastings is here. Yeah, I thought so. I know you're two years younger than me. Yes, that's correct. Dave Hastings is here tonight. and Happy belated birthday to you, my friend.
2: Thanks, Mike. How are we doing?
1: Oh, we're doing. We're doing. I think I sent you guys the text earlier. I was driving home and it, the, the sky started opening up and, you know, everything was coming out. And all I was thinking, I had a big smile on my face in this torrential downpour because I'm just thinking I'll be home in 10 minutes as opposed to an hour when this normally would happen.
2: There you go. Hey, take whatever take whatever wins
1: you can get. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we always start the show off with basketball, and obviously we have the Suns and the Bucks, NBA finals. But I tell you what, Mr. Okay, we missed your birthday, but we'll pretend this is your birthday. What do you want to start off with tonight?
2: I mean, really kind of basketball is kind of the basketball and hockey are really your dominant things going on right now. So, uh, I mean, Mm. I I don't know if I know we want like having Eric on uh, with Larry and bass. I mean, I'll say this much. I, I mean, I guess just to have a random, random talking point. Mm. But um, we do have uh, the announcement that the Cowboys are going to be on Hard Knocks for the third time.
1: You know, if I had been thinking that's where I would have gotten to start it off, because like an hour ago, I was thinking that's where we should start off with. But I forgot. So thank you for bringing that up. Yes, uh, you, you brought it up. So you talk first, my friend.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I was pretty disappointed in it. Like I mm-hmm. enjoyed it the first year that they were on um you know it it was kind of cool but like I don't feel like really any team that's ever done hard knocks has a good season afterwards and Mm -hmm. it's just you know they already get Dallas gets more than its fair share of attention without being on hard knocks so just to add to the idea of more cameras and more attention like I don't know I just not a not not a fan of that being the situation as a Cowboys fan. At the same time, like, well, I haven't watched Hard Knocks in a couple of years, so they'll get a, a viewer out of me since the team I'm a fan of will actually be on Hard Knocks. But I feel like for the most part, that's your dominant um, exp- uh, fan base anyway with any Hard Knocks season is it's whoever, you know, the fan base of that team tends to watch more than anybody else.
0: hmm
1: Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever watched one episode of NFL Hard Knocks. As you know, I'm not really a reality show guy, not really into any of those, what, real life type things. Lord knows, Well, I got Eric mocking me for the wire, I'm giving him the side eyes for the shows he likes. So, you know, and he he loves all that stuff. This has never been something that interests me at all. Um, And I know this simply because I listened to Stephen A. Smith laughing his ass off about this. So this is the third time the Cowboys have done hard knocks. The first two times they missed the playoffs. I believe the first one was in 2002 when they went 5-11. and And I want to say it was 08 or 09. I can't remember. But it was the year Wade Phillips got fired in season, I believe. And they went 9-7 and and missed the playoffs that year. Now, obviously, what happened in the past is not a dictator to what happens in the future, but you know something? If I'm looking at things and I'm seeing the two years I did hard knocks, I missed the playoffs, and I know I got a make-or-break-it season where I got Dak Prescott coming off an injury with something to play for now that he got his big contract and, you know, everything else going on with the team, trying to – hoping to God that the offensive line to come back together, hoping that the defense can rebound off of a piss-poor year. Mike McCarthy – Hopefully, you know, I I don't know the protocols in the training camp this year, but you would think his first training camp with players actually there. So much going on. I don't understand why you do this this season. You got too much shit to deal with as it is, and now you're going to throw the HBO cameras on top of everything. It's ridiculous to me.
2: Yeah. And I completely agree with that. I can't imagine McCarthy's happy about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I really don't fathom him being a big fan of that. Um, so, I just, yeah, not a big fan of hearing that. I, I was pretty disappointed with that information. But, again, I will end up watching it. Um, you know, the one thing I'll say that's kind of cool about Hard Knocks is the, sure, uh, the last year that Dallas did Hard Knocks, Danny Amendola was an unrestricted free agent signing he became a guy that you started to root for and pull for. And then like, obviously we know like Dallas ended up cutting him. Like we know the career he ended up having. I mean, he thrived with the Rams. He had a solid run with the Patriots. And I mean, you know, he's been kind of tailing off the last couple of years, but for a non free agent to have the type of career he's had is nothing to, you know, frown upon. So that that's the one kind of cool thing about hard knocks is you just kind of get to see these guys, like, the the guys that don't make the team, instead of just seeing a name on, a, on an article you read that Dallas cut this team player and this player and this player. Like, you actually get to know who these guys are, see what they go through, like – Um. You know,
3: didn't the knock, Cowboys find knock. Cole Beasley too? Sorry to interrupt, but it was just weren't they the ones
1: found Cole Beasley? I don't think he was undrafted though. I think he was a draft pick. He was a late round draft pick. But yeah, no, they they got him. Yeah, Sorry, not, I...
2: they they found Cole... like Cole Beasley was it wasn't um a focal point during their hard hard knock season.
1: I'm gonna be honest though. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, I just and... was just wondering because they you know,
2: Amendola was a great find.
3: I was just putting Good, small, quick, wide receivers that they may have found together, and sometimes things pop in my head mm. and I board them out.
1: Well,
2: first oh, off, no, no, I get what you're saying. Like, giving them Brady a little credit, guys, you know. Mm. Yeah, like how how Tom Brady makes guys like Gamondola and Wes Welker into Pro Bowlers. Mm. Yeah,
3: but well, for- you know, like the Cowboys being able to find guys like that, I mean, that gives them a little bit of credit too. You know, uh, Beasley's a really good, going to be a really good piece, I think, in Buffalo this year. And uh, the fact that they found him, you know, first is a late pick. And as good as he is, I think he, he could be as good as a Wes Welker.
1: Yeah. Well, first off, welcome, Larry Schmelrose. How you doing there? Um, good. Second Happy of all. your
3: Cowboys on the damn hard knock.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no I'm doubt. sure.
3: Would you yeah. want the
2: Giants to be on there? No, especially not now.
1: Yeah. And second but, of all. I, I will Let me say this real quick because I've been trying to say this. I didn't even remember Danny Amendola was a Cowboy undrafted free agent. Didn't even remember that because I don't watch Hard Knocks.
3: That's what made me go, wow, they found him and Colby. You know?
1: know. Yeah. Go ahead, though. Go ahead. That's all I had to say.
3: Uh, no, you know, I just – I would say that uh, for me, the, the series, like if you're talking about football series, I thought Last Chance U was way better than Hard Knocks. Um.
1: Which one and was then they the went to CSU? basketball.
3: Last chance, she was on Netflix, and they do uh, like a JUCO college. There's uh, been a okay. few seasons of it. It's real fun to watch. It's guys who have been sent out of D1 schools and things like that. It's way better than Hard Knocks. It goes inside and like how these kids like they try how they try and help these kids in school and and mm-hmm. get them back to D1 or get guys who maybe needed a year between high school and college to go uh, JUCO.
1: Cool. Stuff like uh, before, that. But then they went basketball.
3: Go, yeah, and I'm not a basketball fan, so I'm sorry mm-hmm. about that.
1: No problem. Before you go to the your next... Wait a minute. I don't know where he went. Eric was in the room, and I let him in, and now he's gone. So, anyway, go ahead. Where'd he go? I don't know where he went. All I know is I did what I was supposed to do. I let him in, and then he disappeared.
3: Maybe he's going to come back.
1: I he will probably come back. Yeah, but let's do the... Eric well, tre- Dressler will mean, be here soon. Go ahead.
2: Melrose, since, since uh, we do got a little football combo going, I have an interesting question. Did you hear... Uh, about Brandon Jacobs trying to make a comeback as a defensive end. Yeah, I
3: thought it was a joke at first, but apparently there's a couple teams taking it serious. I mean
1: here look, he is. He's,
3: he's a long body and he can move. So
1: here he is. And,
2: I mean, I remember when he when he used to play and he was bigger than the biggest linebacker on any team. You're mm. like, right, come on. Yeah.
1: No. Well, he's paying tribute to the Goonies tonight, but Eric Tresser. Looks like he's staying on for more than a couple seconds here. Eric, how you doing? Goonies never say die. No, I they don't. I got my childhood
0: nickname from that movie and, uh
1: oh, you know, just paying a
0: little, paying a little
1: respects to, to Richard Donner. Yeah, that's a good call, actually. Rest in peace, Richard Donner. Goonies, Superman, he was the original Zack Snyder in a way, and all the Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah, rest in peace to Richard Donner. Absolutely. Did a lot Can of I movies, a
0: lot I, of 80s movies.
1: Yeah. They,
3: I'm happy so, to hear you refer to it, too, as a child nickname. I'm glad we've put it away. Um, I'm sorry it took me so long, personally, to put it away. But I'm glad it's a childhood nickname now. And it's not something that we call you as an adult man, you know?
0: So I didn't use it. I went with something different, but still referenced it. But yeah, either way, grew up with the nickname of Chunk, given to me by my, by, by, you know... My best friend one of my best friends still and uh you know everybody has since grown a little bit away from from calling me that but it was was like what well, like Schmelrose mentioned a, a childhood nickname and something that I am a little fond of looking back because you know it was uh you know I had a good childhood I think
3: and not to mention, I saw Mr. Eric uh, recently this weekend. and I want you guys to know he's looking slim. He's looking trim. Uh, he's been, I think, putting in some hard work because I noticed it. My wife noticed it. You're looking good, buddy. So it's great to see.
0: Thank you, sir. Thank you. I got to meet little Reed. I got to meet Reed. L- little Schmelrose. Oh, nice. So it was awesome. Yeah, got to it got to meet baby, uh, baby Schmelrose. So I was super excited, too. I was so happy that you were there and I got to see you guys. Um, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, awesome weekend.
1: Well, that's fantastic, and congratulations, Eric, on the work you've put in. While you guys were talking, I was looking up Richard Donner's uh, uh, body of work here. He directed The Toy with uh, Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason. Uh, You guys are going to be very surprised that I've never seen this movie. He directed Scrooged with Bill Murray. Never seen that movie. Uh, Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, you would think I've seen more Bill Murray movies. I actually haven't. He uh, directed Maverick with Mel Gibson, Jodie Foster, and James uh, Garner. He directed a movie I loved also with uh, Mel Gibson, Conspiracy Theory. Eric, don't even tell me you've never seen that movie. Mr. Tinfoil Hat.
0: I I feel like I have because the the movie rings a bell, but I want to say it's probably been 15 years or better since I've seen it.
1: Oh, yeah, same here, but it was... It was Mel Gibson, uh, uh, was Julia Roberts, and the bad guy was Patrick Stewart. Anything? Okay.
0: Eric. Yeah, it's ringing a bell, like I said, but I, I can't can't quote you anything from it.
1: Mm. All right. Fair enough. So we did uh, the movie portion a little early tonight, but that was perfect anyway. Um, Eric, I, I never even I never even remembered that, that was your uh, childhood nickname. So yeah, you never. And you I gotta never, say. But-
0: as far as uh, movies go, though, this weekend I don't watch it, and I'm wondering if you guys do. I've heard a thing now going around where some people watch this movie on the Fourth of July. Every Fourth of July, I think it's on TV every year, kind of like a Christmas story or at <laughs> Christmas time. You know what I mean? But I'm talking about Independence Day.
1: I fell asleep now, watching I it. On, I, I'm sorry, I fell asleep <laughs> watching it on July Fourth because I saw everybody on Twitter talking about it, and I finished it yesterday. So yes, I did.
2: Yeah, can't say. that part of my viewing experience. I
0: didn't watch it either, but I just heard of other people doing it. Much like Mike saw it on Twitter. Like I had heard of other people like being like, "Oh, Independence independent. and I was like, "I was like, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, like Will Smith. Like, yeah, it's got you know, like Jeff Goldblum. Probably you know, it's probably one of his better acting performances in my opinion. Sure. But not something. Not something I got to be honest. I got to watch every Fourth of July. <laughs> like oh yeah it's a movie but i just don't feel the need that i gotta watch it every fourth but i feel like you know if some people do more power to them mm.
3: also very disappointed in budweiser very disappointed in budweiser i don't know if you guys saw their commercial with the no. dude from independence day he did the speech about something different you know whatever he was talking about it was vaccinations and things of that nature and i was just very disappointed in it sorry
1: wait, wait. was it you talking about bill pullman the guy who played the president and lone star and yeah. space
3: Yes, that guy. Yeah.
1: yeah, I didn't see the commercial, and I'm fine with not seeing the commercial. I don't watch that movie every year. I don't even remember the last time I saw it before Yeah, the last two days. But like like Eric said, I saw everybody talking about it on Twitter, and I was just like, you know something? Fuck it. I want to see it. I would consider it a personal favorite. I don't know about like top 10, but I'd probably put it in my top 50 personal favorites. Uh,
2: I couldn't. Somebody asked me the other day what my favorite movies were, and I was like, I honestly can't. I, I don't know how to give a list of that.
1: Well, Ghostbusters is number one for me. I've mentioned that before, so I really hope the third one doesn't suck.
0: Well, it that's the thing. Is, uh, not to go too far <laughs> off the rail, but I'm wondering. I am wondering how that's going.
1: I I know it got. I want to I wanna root for it. Is it
0: the kid in yeah. me wants to root for it to be really good? I'll be honest, I'm not one of those people out there that's looking for things to suck and looking for reasons to mm-hmm. hate it. Like I wanna mm-hmm. like it. I want the nostalgia to come back to me. I want like that that feel like I had of being a kid and watching it again. Like I want that. So if they can mm-hmm. deliver on that, I think that's awesome. So that's what I'm hoping for. Who knows if that's what we'll actually get? I think it's what, Ivan Reitman's kid, Jason Reitman, that's who directing is, this one?
1: Who is a fantastic director himself. I don't know if you guys have ever seen any movies he's done.
0: I don't Thank- think I have. Yeah, I don't think
1: I have. I'm going to name two of them. One of them you guys may have seen. The other one you guys probably have not seen, but I've mentioned it before. Thank you for the smoking. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. Thank you for smoking. Which is a fantastic movie. Aaron Eckhart's in it. Got an all star cast. J.K. Simmons is in it. Robert Duvall's in it. Really good movie. Uh, and Juno, uh, which I believe won an Academy Award with, um, well, she's not Ellen Page anymore. She's Elliot Page now. And Michael Sarah. You guys know, yeah, no, I know
0: the movie. I've never seen it. I know of it's the movie. Good. I've never seen that one.
1: It's good. It's a very good movie, I must say. It was Either way, I, I have
0: high hopes for the new Ghostbuster, mm-hmm. though, and that's uh, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm just hoping for some nostalgia, some fun times. So, that's
1: it. I like the story that it looked like they were doing from the trailer over there. I like the fact that you got, they, they're going to be the grandkids of Egon who find all this stuff, and they don't know anything of what happened. And Paul Rudd ba- basically plays the one who's like, you guys don't know what happened in New York in the 80s? And it's Paul Rudd anyway. Paul Rudd's fantastic. So I, th- I think it's got a shot at being really good. But anyway, Eric, like you said, we don't want to get too far off topic here. Um, anyway, so let's let's move to basketball. Uh, Schmelrose, we'll come back to you in a little bit for uh, for hockey, but let's start with basketball here because we got the Suns taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis is questionable for game one after not playing the last couple games of the Hawks series. I want to bring something up to you guys that I heard them. I I, I was in the car earlier, and I heard one of those CBS Sports Minutes with um, Tiki Barber. So take this for what it's worth. But so the Suns, beat the Clippers, minus Kawhi Leonard. They beat the Nuggets, minus Jamal Murray. And they beat the Lakers, minus Anthony Davis. Now, I look at the Suns roster, and obviously they had their own issues going on with Chris Paul, and I believe they had a couple other things at play there. They were talented enough to me to make a run to the finals without those guys missing games. If somebody says that the Suns run is tainted because they've missed all these guys with injuries, do you guys feel it's a valid claim? And Eric, we'll start with you. I kind of wish you would start with Dave. We can start with me, though.
0: I got to be honest. No, I don't think it's a
1: valid claim. I think it's stupid. But again, yes, I, I
0: also have zero interest in these finals. I'll just be honest with you. This is – I love Chris Paul. I think he's a great player. But I can give two shits about the Phoenix Suns. And I, Let's just be honest. Greek freak's amazing, but if he's not in the court and he hasn't played tonight, I don't know, did you say whether he's playing tonight or not? He's questionable.
1: Upgraded to questionable.
0: Upgraded to questionable, so maybe he sees the floor, but if he doesn't or he gets hurt again and now he's out for the rest of the series, do you really give a shit about tuning in to see Chris Middleton in the Milwaukee box? Mm. Like, I got to be honest, like this is a star driven league and not that Chris Paul isn't a star, not that uh, the Greek freak isn't a star, but when he's hurt, when Paul's still a little banged up, when nothing's really like the way it should be, I, I just can't get up for this series. I can't get excited. Like it's hard for me to get excited. Like I want to see Chris Paul pretty much win a, win a title. It's pretty much all I can really give a shit about. Give a shit about the Suns. I don't give a shit about the rest of the team, Devin Booker. Yeah, I'm sure he's awesome. You know, I'm I'm sure Aiton's growing as a player. Yeah, I'm sure there are going to be future stars in this game that we'll see for the next 10, 12 years doing really well. But at the same time, I can honestly say it interests me zero. Zero. Uh, You know, so maybe that's just me. Maybe that's me personally. But I, I don't see this as a super exciting matchup for me. And I don't know how you guys feel, but that's just the way I feel. But uh, I, I don't see it as super exciting. So not to get too far away from your question there,
1: but. <laughs> like, I mean, it's on the same track. So, yeah, kind of. But all right. Anyway, Dave, how about you?
2: I mean, look, I'm not going to say that the Suns run is tainted. Um, that I mean, Devin Booker busted up, broke his nose, I believe. Uh, Chris Paul missed the last. Couple or missed two of the last three games in the Western Conference Finals due to COVID, uh, whatever. Um, so I mean, like, no, I'm not going to say their run was tainted. Last I checked, the Lakers still had, um, still had LeBron. So take that for what it is. But they still had LeBron. Um, but I, I gotta say, I'm actually kind of the opposite of Eric. I'm actually quite interested in this finals. The Suns have never won an NBA championship. The Bucks haven't won one since, I believe, 1971 uh, with Kareem. Um, so I, I think that on itself is pretty interesting. I think Devin Booker has the potential to really put his name out there as one of the best players in the entire league. Um, would love to see Chris Paul get a championship. Uh, Giannis. Uh, I mean, how many years have people said, you know, he, he needs to get out of Milwaukee. He shouldn't sign the big contract. Like if he can lead his team to a championship, he looks pretty uh, well off after signing his max contract. So um, I think you got enough storylines. I think you got enough talent that that you're going to have some really good performances. And more importantly, I think these teams are really well matched. So I think you're going to get some really good games. Um, and that's, you know, really what, what I'm watching the game for and. Uh, I saw it the other day. It's the first time in a le- 10 or 12 years that either LeBron or Steph Curry haven't been in the finals. Like, hmm. nothing wrong with taking a little change of pace and checking out another road. We'll We'll get back to normal next year. I have no doubt about it.
1: I think both you guys bring up some fair points. I'm kind of – I first of all, injuries are a part of the game. Everybody want wants to act, and LeBron wants to cry. Oh, I told you guys so about the number of injuries that have happened this late in the season because of the way it was restarted. No, shut up. These injuries happen every year. Nobody was crying when the Warriors lost Curry, uh, Clay, and Durant in the finals against the Raptors. Nobody was crying about that. Everybody wanted to act like that Raptors championship was a little tainted, but no, I'm sorry, injuries are a part of all sports, it's next man up. It's how you perform under the pressure of not having one of your top guys, okay? So you just deal with it as it is. Milwaukee has faced some teams that couldn't withstand having their guys down either. I don't hear anybody saying that theirs is tainted because now they're without Giannis too, possibly. So a championship's a championship, it's a struggle, it's a grind, it's a, to get there. And every season is a marathon. They're, the sons are the ones who outlasted. They're the ones who deserve the championship. That's how I look at that. As far My thing, you know,
0: is that this is going to be – I'm just going to be honest. I, this is honestly how I feel. This is going to be the lowest-rated finals in probably the last eight years or better, ten years probably. This will be the lowest-rated NBA finals. They don't have any big market that's going to carry this game. If you think the people in New York are really going to care about what the Suns and the Bucks are doing, I don't think it's going to carry that market.
1: Let me ask you something. I don't think it's going to carry.
0: I don't think it's going to carry the LA market when they're bitter about LeBron and how that season ended. Now the Clippers and everything else. I think they're a little turned off. T- turned off. If you're not carrying some of the biggest markets, I just don't think this finals is going to show well to the country. I just don't.
1: Let me ask you something though. Wasn't last year's finals down too, and that had LeBron? Yeah, that's why I think it's going to go even further this year. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I don't think that's necessary. I mean, your point about not having stars, obviously it makes all the sense in the world. But I think that's – I think more people just feel eh, – I think you're right. All right, fine. Never mind. I can't put that any other way. Uh, you got a point. And it's
0: hard right. to say because now if you look at it, I'll be honest with you, try, transitioning a little here into probably what we're going to go to next – But if I look at it, and we talk about baseball and how baseball has been kind of going down and how baseball, like, you know, isn't as fan-friendly as some other sports are right now, and the games take too long and this and that, and the viewership's down for baseball. It's weird to say that the NBA, who was upticking for a bunch of years there and was actually surpassing, in some people's eyes, MLB as, like, maybe even the second sport here behind football. Were they really, though— I, they, I think there was a push. There was a talk about that, an argument for it two, three years ago. I mean, but that was, I, don't know, I don't know how you feel, but I mean, I feel like there, there was, was people trying to make that argument.
1: But I think that was – I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that was during the period of time where people were sick of the super teams and the Warriors and Durant and all that nonsense. Dave?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, look, ratings-wise – I every sport has gone down other than basically football um, Mm. in, in the past year or two. So would I be surprised if the ratings are down from normal? No. Do I think Eric's spot on with the fact that the larger markets, the, I mean, hell Chicago and Milwaukee are, you know, technically division rivals. So do I, you know, do I think anybody in the Florida markets or, you know, the Houston market or the Dallas market or the LA markets like, no, they're not going to carry the series enough to make the ratings look good. But, again, I, I still think if you're a basketball fan, I mean, you're going to watch at least some of these games. I mean, especially, like, how many basketball fans have grown up with Chris Paul, you know, as the best point guard in the league. Like, there's going to be a lot of people that are just watching just to root for him and see him get his first title. And, I mean, I was reading before – uh Crowder is literally the only player on either roster to ever be in the finals. He's starting to develop a Robert Ory type of, it, um, like, championship development. He's just not clutch like Robert Ory and hitting those big shots that you really remember him. I'm just saying, like, I think that's, that's something that, you know, it, it's worth noting. But I do think Eric's spot on with the fact that we're not going to see the ratings that you would see if you had, you know, in LA or New York or Boston or you know the bigger city teams in the finals. But Phoenix will represent. Man, those fans have been insane. There's no denying that.
1: Suns in four. <laughs> oh, he got he yeah, he got cut off. I don't know how. All right. Um. Well, we'll stretch for a second here. Uh, I think that'll do it for basketball, though, unless, Eric, you got anything else you want to throw in? Nah, Eric? we're good. We can Dave? Move on. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Okay. All right, let's go to hockey real quick. Schmelrose, I see you're still there. So, as I said at the beginning, uh, Tampa Bay, the Game 5, I think, is going to take place tomorrow night in Tampa Bay. Montreal did wind up getting a win uh Schmelrose, to start with what did you think of the mayor of tampa bay coming out and basically asking tampa bay to lose the game so they could uh celebrate at home with their friends and family i think he was joking but still <laughs> yeah i mean
3: it has to be a joke if it's serious then it's ridiculous
1: mm-hmm. uh, i don't
3: think you can really request that you can't give anything away uh, sure. when it comes it was to the a Stanley joke Cup. he so, meant it
0: as kind of a dig absolutely. at uh yeah he uh-huh. meant it as a dig at, at uh, the Canadians there because they didn't allow Tampa Bay's fa- uh, family to come up and you know, that was kind of kind of the joke behind it, I think.
3: Oh yeah, and there's been back and forth on Twitter like uh, before the game Montreal Canadiens Twitter thing said uh, um, <laughs> it doesn't matter what happens tonight we've got like 28 more than you or something and uh, then the Tampa Bay Lightning responded with a couple things and then the Dallas Cowboys actually responded and um, so these guys are spitting fucking fire about <laughs> the lightning's responses. To the lightning. and so I, if you go check can, it out, it's pretty. Can
1: funny. I say something real quick? Because you put that in our group chat yesterday. No, I, and did, I did. I oh, did. And I'm pretty sure it's just
0: a meme. I'm pretty oh, sure it? those are I'm pretty sure not actual tweets. That would be great if it was. Well, it should can, be.
1: I want to say I responded to that, and then I found out an hour later that apparently my phone doesn't like our group thread because I feel like half the text I said failed to send because I saw that what Eric put in, and I was just like, that sounds like it was written by well, a Yankee
3: fan. You had me fooled like a motherfucker, I'll tell you that.
1: I was laughing.
3: I was dying. I was laughing looking at that. I was like, man, that's great.
1: It just sounded like the head of Yankee PR. Montreal decided to borrow him for a few minutes and be like, "Hey, that's the line you guys use all the time, right? You don't care if we borrow it for a minute? Yeah, sure."
3: Well, you know, okay, um, all right. (laughs) I'm like 99% sure this thing, you know, I think we all are. This thing ends in Tampa anyway. And mm-hmm. uh, if anyone would think that somebody would throw a game, I mean, consciously, no, nobody would actually go out there and be like, ah, no, we'll just go out definitely. and lose, right? No, no, not at all. in the already. back of your mind, when it gets down to the third period and you're up 3 nothing, and you're like, listen, we can go back and celebrate this one with our family, I don't know, maybe you don't go as hard. You're not like purposely, but in the back of your mind, you never know. Who knows? So- but, so, uh, so, wait a less, minute. Wait I'll be minute. honest,
0: this Tampa team hasn't lost back to back games in over two years in playoffs. So, it's, mm. I, I just think it would be hard for them to go home because then they're going to have to go home. They're, they're going to have to lose every other rest of the game. They're going to have to lose four straight. That's just something they don't do. It's I just mean, something they're not going to do. Me, let me if ask a like,
1: question real quick, though, because I didn't know this until you said it. Tampa was up 3 nothing going in that third period.
3: No, no, three nothing in the in the series. The series. Oh, 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 okay,
1: all right. My fault. My fault. I, yeah, no, and I I worked. I haven't had a day off in a month and a half, so I didn't see it. Keep anyway. working
3: hard; it'll pay off.
1: Thank you. I I've, I may finally get a day off next Tuesday, actually. So it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, see go you ahead. Next Tuesday. Thanks. Go ahead. Shmo. Let me
0: know when my special edition hat's coming.
3: Well, you know, I did want to start out. I hate to do this, but uh, <laughs> there, there was another tragedy. I don't mean to laugh. Sorry. There was a Latvian goalie, Matthias. Uh, I just practiced it a thousand times, and then I lost it because I haven't watched TV, so I haven't heard anyone else say it. Um, but uh, he took a fire. He was he's Latvian, and I guess they were out celebrating the Fourth of July, and he uh, took a firework off the chest. But everything I'm reading says like it didn't really, might not have actually hit his chest. It might have just exploded right before his chest. But whatever it was, caused internal stuff. Uh, Was he in a hot tub and it landed like
0: like, in the hot tub?
3: I heard something something like like that. that, Or he was trying to run out of the the initial report was he was trying to run out of the hot tub and he fell and hit his head and that's how it happened. But as they went through, the medical examiner said it was actually the firework that exploded and caused. chest trauma after being struck by a firework mortar blast. So, but then there was other things that said it might not have actually hit him. might've just been the blast that the percussion of it that caused something in his chest. Anyway, the guy played mostly for Cleveland. He didn't play a lot for Columbus, but a lot of the blue jackets are actually, you know, hit pretty hard by it. And that just says a lot about a guy, you know, and when, when the, the pro team still comes out and wants to express everything. And, and it's just, he was from what I hear, he was a really good locker room guy and everybody really loved him a lot. So it's another really, sad 24. thing that's
0: a tragedy that's that a, is tragedy. a tragedy 24. you have no idea you have no idea what he could have been what he could have done you have no Absolutely. idea i mean 24 years old you, you haven't lived enough you, you you just haven't so it's that that's the real tragedy in my eyes it's just cut way too short
3: and i hate to do this every week so hopefully nothing happens again um you know <laughs> but i wouldn't i wouldn't become right a trend with you i wouldn't feel right <laughs> if i didn't talk about it you know so uh, you know, just that there's that guy, and uh, you know, I feel bad about that happening, and uh, you know, celebrating our holiday, and then he dies 24 years I old. Felt like, I felt bad because all weekend
0: happened. long I was laughing at JPP memes, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> sudden this happens, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, no, that's just not as
3: funny anymore. Yeah, no more memes, but
1: um, <laughs> so, you, so you did this, you did this, is what you're trying to say. Karma. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! That's Whoa that's a lot go that oh, right stop! There. Whoa! Did, go going too that far. Far. Did I go too far? I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> all right. So, but as far as the series goes, like again, 98 percent sure it ends in in Tampa uh, next game. But you never know. Can't count them out. Somebody's eventually going to come back from down three zero within recent history. So we're going to see it happen eventually. Maybe it could be this year. So keep watching. Hopefully. Montreal finds a way to extend the season as long as possible. All I want is a game seven, and I'm good from there. But like Eric said, it's hard. You know, they haven't lost two back-to-backs in two years, so now you're asking them to lose four in a row. That's mm-hmm. real tough, man.
0: Real tough.
1: Yeah. Uh, Especially with the
0: experience of that team. Like, that's the, that would be the hardest thing is, like, that team, like – you feel like if they would battle that adversity, even if they lost three, like they're not going to lose four. They're not going to lose Game Seven at home. Like nah. I just feel like that team is too too strong, too well built, too too experienced right now to to go through something like that.
3: They made a couple moves last year, bringing in Maroon and and Coleman at the deadline. Coleman was at the deadline. I can't remember if they signed Maroon preseason. Um, and those two moves, I believe, are what keeps them going. I don't know if you guys saw Blake Coleman score a monster goal uh, in the air, -air. midair. He took a pass from across the ice and just dove in midair, put it in the back of the net. It was a beautiful play. He did one like that last year. So he seems to find a way to score these amazing effort goals at least once every playoffs. Uh, And that's huge. I mean, it's uplifting for your team. The guy kills penalties. Uh, And like Eric had mentioned last week, we don't talk enough about Vasilevsky um, because he stole two of those games. uh, I believe at least one of them of the last three, uh, two games. So, you know, uh, you don't talk enough about Vaz because they're so good in front of him. And uh, so the guy doesn't get enough credit. So he definitely gives himself a chance at a con Smythe, like we talked about last week, but which is the most valuable player of the playoffs. But um, I really think it's going to go to Kucherov to be honest. Uh, he's been banged up and he just keeps coming out and putting up points. Uh, he's putting out a, an effort like you wouldn't believe uh, i don't think anybody really knows the extent of his injuries i know he's left a couple of games for a guy like that to be leaving it more than once in the playoffs he's he's playing with something something's nagging him and he's still going out there and putting up monster numbers so honestly if tampa puts it away which we all are pretty sure they're going to do although i'm still going to ride my pick of montreal going into the series which looks pretty silly um if Tampa puts it away, I think we're going to see Kucherov get it this year.
1: No doubt. All right. Uh, I don't know if that will do it for us on hockey. Does anybody have anything else they want to throw in, Dave? Well, you we got to kick it today? to Dave, see if Dave, has I just to say. said that. I, thank you, Dave. Go ahead. I
2: mean that that game-winning goal last night was sick. Um, talk about a hell of an effort, play in overtime. Uh, that game itself was tight. But yeah, I think Tampa Bay does put it away uh, in Game Five, which good for them. Get to celebrate in the city, have everybody have a good time. It's always fun um, watching your team win a championship, especially uh, to do it back to back. So, um, but yeah, I-, I think looking at T- Tampa, they're just a better team, and uh, I think Schmelzer has broken it down for us uh, as well as anybody could. So. Um, but yeah, that game winning goal last night, was just, uh, it was, it was a lot of, shit. I had the game on and got a chance to watch it. So, um, a lot of fun to watch and it was really great to, uh, at least see them get one win. I mean, after he scored the goal, he like slid like another 15 feet. It was awesome. Nice.
1: Nice. Like I said, I haven't had a chance to, to watch too much hockey. I've had too much going on. But, all right, man, Rose, do you have anything else you want to throw in, brother?
3: Well, we're looking at whatever whatever the last game is um, of this playoffs is, a, is the closing of a chapter in the NHL. Uh, they did a very nice piece. You could probably look it up on YouTube with Doc Emmerich uh, last night uh, just talking about the start. I think it was 2005 when NBC Sports took it over. Um and really, they did do a lot. You know, they, they got that space in the glass where they put Pierre, Pierre, which I may not be the biggest Pierre fan, but it gave some fans some inside access, to some things that went on between the benches and what was going on on the ice and what players were saying. Um, they created the Winter Classics. Um, so NBC Sports, they really did a lot of good things for the sport of hockey. And it's, it's, I mean, listening to Doc Emmerich talk about it, I didn't realize it until I watched that last night. And I watched their pat on the back. And to be honest with you, they patted themselves on the back and they absolutely deserved it. Um, NBC was a huge part of putting hockey back on the map. Uh, There was a lot. You guys remember all the controversy from lockouts and things like that. and, And nobody, no TV network wanted to pick them up. So NBC threw them on channel 212. But they did a lot for the sport. They gave fans more access. Um, in that time, there were some rule changes. I'm not sure how much NBC had to play into that uh, with were able, taking out the two-line pass, being able to bring the stretch pass back into the game, um, the trapezoids, just some things that opened up the game. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the big heads at NBC were paying a lot of money for the product, might have had something to do with that. And to be honest with you, at first, I didn't like it, but it's really opened the game up a lot and it's made it an amazing game to watch now. It's fun. It's fast uh it's, has it's the a lot the grown grown on think. you at all
0: has overtime they, grown on you at
3: all Dude, as long as they keep doing continuous overtime in um in the playoffs that's all i care about i do like the three-on-three it's fun to watch it's all grown on me you know uh i, I i've learned something about myself is that i'm not a big fan of change and i'm working on that uh, i'm working on being able to change and, and accept change a little bit better and not freak out so much when it happens, you know? So a lot of my reactions were knee jerk gut reactions when a lot of these rule changes came in. Um, an example that is off the rail a little bit, but in youth hockey, they used to hit at the peewee level, which it goes might squirt peewee, bantam um, peewee level is about age 11 to 12, 13. And then bantams are 14. They push the age you could hit back to 14. And I was worried that you're going to have bigger guys learning how to hit when they didn't know how to control their bodies. What it really did is it made kids focus on the fundamentals of the game a lot longer through a younger age, and they picked up a lot more skill, and it's grown the game so much. Um, I'm not sure NBC had anything to do with that, but that's one of the changes that I was against that has been great for the sport and has been great for player development. But NBC did a lot to – to bring fans back to the game, we're on the map again. It's the reason somebody paid whatever the hell they just paid well, to, for the TV, right? So, um,
2: to transition a, a little bit,
0: to, to go with it though, to, and to transition a little bit is because I think that some of the issues you were talking about and like the changes you were talking about, I didn't really like change, but now you're accepting them. You're coming to like some of the changes, like growing it, they're growing on you. I think another sport that's very similar to that right now, going through a lot of different changes in a lot of different ways, and the the fans are exactly like you're talking about, stuck in their ways, do not want to change. and That's baseball. Like everybody is living and dying by the old rules. This, that, the you know, it's got to change. It's got to evolve. Something's got to got to do something to engage the kids more and when you're talking about down at the youth level or they move back hitting and stuff believe it or not they've changed baseball at the youth level now because they're not teaching kids to hit for contact anymore they're teaching kids uh you know swing arcs and this and that and they're 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 teaching them stuff that you normally when we were kids you wouldn't be taught that you wouldn't be taught about like how to you know launch angle and this and that but now that's what they're teaching kids even at a young age when you're talking like majors you know probably probably senior leagues of You know, like you said, getting up to that 12, 13, 14-year-old age bracket. That's what they're teaching these kids now. They're not teaching them the fundamentals of baseball anymore and making contact and choking up with two strikes and 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 doing those things. They're not and that's been part of the problem with some of the young stars coming into baseball with some of the With some of the changes now they want to do, because if they're going to take some of the and make some changes with the baseball, deaden it a bit, and you're not going to have as many home runs, you're going to have to go back to contact hitting. And it's going to be years and years before you can get a league that that gets back to contact hitting again, because you're going to have to start that back at the youth level again. You're going to have to start by teaching the fundamentals and not teaching launch angle and this and that, but teaching contact, teaching base running, teaching the basics that aren't getting taught right now. And I think there's a lot of changes that have to happen to baseball in order to get it back to being America's favorite pastime again. Because right now, we can all agree, it's not that.
3: Well, and that's – the key is, is USA Hockey was able to swallow its pride and say, you know, we're wrong about a couple things. Let's change them for the, you know, for the betterment of the game, for the betterment of our game. You see it at the junior level. Um, It's just – it's done tremendous things for the sport of hockey in America. So – if they find a way to engage the kids and, and and sort of progress them and build them better, then it's only going to be good for the game. Um, you're looking at hockey. Like, you know, we're, if we're talking about changes that people didn't like, remember when the Devils moved to Newark? How many of you guys heard people say, have fun going to those games? Nobody wants to go there, right? A lot of people hated it. A lot of people were against it. But if you can go to downtown Newark now, it's actually not terrible. It's not a bad place, but the outreach is what's big. So hockey has always been a sport where you're looking at a lot of money to play it. And you're looking at um, rich people, you know, people with a lot of money are able to progress their kids through sport because it costs a lot of money for coaching, and ice time and all that. I, I, you know, I got to where I got playing a couple hours a week. My brother, it's impressive what my brother's done. Um, You know, he played for four months a year, two hours a day. And he became one of the best hockey players I've seen in person, uh, and played against and played with, uh, he's one of the best, he is the best coach I ever played for. And I'm not just saying that cause he's my brother, you know what I'm saying? So like to come from nothing and be as good as he is, uh, that's huge. Um, But now that doesn't happen as much anymore. But with the outreach, what the Devils are doing is they're going into these communities where people don't have money. And there's a lot of hockey programs that do this that are going into these cities. um, And they're giving kids opportunities that they wouldn't necessarily have, which is also helping to grow the sport, which is why you're seeing it possibly surpass basketball one day uh, as number three on the list, which is what I've been striving for for so long, and now we got ESPN. So we'll see what happens. And I also wonder how much money ESPN is going to throw at Doc Emmerich and if he'll take it.
1: Well, let me ask you something. If one network was more inclined to do it, because obviously Turner Sports is in the fold now too, you think ESPN would do it or Turner would do it first?
3: Some I think it's going to be – if anybody throws money at Doc Emmerich, he ain't going to do it during the season. It's going to be a playoff thing. And honestly, I don't think he's the type of guy to just do it for money. So I, I really don't see him coming back, but I wish I could hear the offers because I know – you got to figure there's an offer. Doc Emmerich is hockey. You know, when you listen to a hockey game
0: well, – No, now it's going to be you, Rick DiPietro, and – uh who else – who would the SPN guys bring in? Didn't they announce their hockey guys? Like, they got D.P. They got – uh, I don't know if LaGreca's on that they list. Still they got my a nemesis. couple guys. Oh, Barry uh, Melrose. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, that guy. My nemesis.
0: Yeah, the evil. The evil one.
3: Yeah, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. He, he doesn't uh, even know he's my nemesis, but he's my nemesis.
0: But, yeah, no, they got a – they have a couple people, but I am – uh. I'll be surprised, like you said, if they don't make him at least an offer.
3: Yeah, I just wish I could hear what it was.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that will be. Somebody will snake that through to one of the papers at some point, I'm sure. That's what always winds up happening. Dave, you a Doc Emmerich fan? Do we lose, Dave? No, he's still there. I just think he might be preoccupied at the moment. Sorry.
2: Right. Yeah. No. How, how do you not like Dick Embrick? I mean, I think you said it perfectly. He, he is hockey. Is it Dick or Doc? Doc. He meant Doc. 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 Sorry.
0: <laughs> <My bad>. <laughs> <laughs> you hit me with a random <clears throat> dick instead of a Doc.
1: Hey. Got to keep everybody on their toes. all right man Schmelrose, you got anything else to throw in
3: uh no that rambling rant was about it sorry
1: all right man. man so i think that we'll do it for the hockey portion for tonight Schmelrose, as always thank you very much uh i'm not kicking you out so i'm sure you'll stay with us for the rest of the show well, boys,
3: I'm very. today was uh, first day. Uh, my, my wife went back to work, so it was daddy daycare day. Nice. And it went really well, and uh, he just woke up from a nap, so it's time to go for a walk.
1: Beautiful.
0: Oh, nice. Enjoy. So, it. You All guys right, have Schmel. a great
3: night, and thanks again for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I enjoyed time, sir. and And um, to my lover, Dave, happy birthday.
2: Thanks, Melrose. Always a pleasure, my man. Big hug next time I see you. Hmm. oh i i always look forward to those big covet hug
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right larry schmelrose everybody okay, all right bye. later man all right so i guess we will move on to baseball here and eric i'm sure you got a lot of things to say but i want to start I don't have with anything to say no we're
0: not we're not starting the show we're not when i end ending the show like this like you do every week and uh, we're, talking, Eric, Eric, Arsene, we're, t- we're talking Eric, Eric. We're talking.
1: We're talking. we Oh, Yankee stop! Time. Really?
0: It's now really me because we're Re- one game over five hundred. Again, I can't complain about this team anymore, and I've complained. Let me about say them. what. Let me say, let me say. Let me say
1: what I was going to say. Please, thank you. So the week started off last Wednesday. And the Mets were blown out by the Atlanta Braves 20-2. to And then you turn to the other channel, and the Yankees had beaten the shit out of Shohei Ohtani. They scored seven runs out of him, kicked him out of the game in the second inning. to Chapman comes in, and then he gives up seven runs, blows an 8-4 to lead, and the Yankees lose that game 11-8. And this was right before July 1st. And we know what happens on July 1st, Eric. You want to bring it up? That's fine. I'm just going to say it was July 1st. So, Eric, I have a question for you here because this is something I really want to know your perspective of. Because the 20-2 loss, that's horrible. It's not a good look. But I think you and I know blowouts happen in baseball to the point where the Braves, the team that blew out the Mets, has been blown out themselves twice over the last week. I believe they lost 11 to 1 last night to the Pittsburgh fucking Pirates, the only team that has scored less runs in baseball than the Mets. So, and I'm not, you're going to say I'm saying this to rub salt on the open wound, and I'm not. This is an honest question. What do you think a worse loss is? A straight blowout or blowing a big lead like that?
0: you're an asshole because you know it's someone blowing the lead at the end i mean everybody can get blown out 22 it's baseball shit happens on one night, one game or one night but to blow a fucking lead like they had it was what eight to four i think last yes. i looked and yes. then all of a sudden yes. they went uh they lost 11-8 it was bullshit so of course that's a worse loss the yankees have fucking suck lately there's nothing else you can say about it there's they, they haven't been good. They weren't good against the Mets. They should have got swept. I don't know why the Mets didn't sweep them, but, I mean, we've been disastrous.
1: It's, yeah, we'll it's talk no about fun to watch right now.
0: No, we don't talk about it at all. It sucks. It all sucks right now, and until they change something, it's going to continue to suck. It's, it's just the bottom line. Something's got to change. It's the definition of insanity right now. They keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Well, it's not going to happen. You got you to gotta manage who's not managing, you got a guy in the, at the top of the chain who's just feeding out her computer printout, and you got and, and the players don't give a shit. There's no accountability. Even when Judge calls the players only meeting, they didn't rally. Nothing happened. How Steinbrenner calls out the players. Nothing happens. Nobody light, It doesn't light a fire. And even if it only lit a fire under Aaron Judge, it's not enough. It obviously hasn't lit a fire under the rest of the team. So right now they are what they are. Something's got to change. I think something will change by the deadline. So I think they're going to make moves one way or the other. From everything I'm hearing, there's going to be a shit ton of teams selling. From everything I've heard pretty much, you know, the last few days, week or so, National League is pretty much crap outside of six teams. So uh, there's a lot of teams out there that could be looking to sell, uh, you know, at the deadline. If that's the case, maybe a Scherzer could be moved. Maybe other people could be moved. And if there are moves to be made, and Hal Steinbrenner says to go make them, they'll make them. They got, the money to, they got the money to do it. Yes, they want to stay under the cap. Yes, that's what they're going to try to do at most costs. But if they know that the season's on the line, their their fan base is, is about to, you know, mutiny here, they, they got to do something and they'll do something. And I really believe that. So until that happens right now, they're going to suck. They're going to continue to suck. I think they're going to suck out West. I think this road trip is going to be disastrous starting tonight with uh, the Mariners. So the Mariners are a decent ball club right now, and they're probably going to kick the crap out of us. We can't score runs. We can't hit. We don't hit for contact. And until we start to do that, it doesn't happen overnight because they're going to have to do some things different with their swing, take away the launch angle, do some other things. But until all that's done, till it's fixed, till it's right, which could take months, this team's going to be batting 200 and they're going to suck. And to be honest, this is a team that I think like over the last – bunch of years 10 years or so they've led the league in runs scored or even i think like the last five years they've led the leagues in runs scored over the last five years like the one thing they've been able to do is hit and that's the one thing that this team hasn't done all year so that's why i don't think it's a talent problem because most of these guys we know can hit they're all just not hitting right now for the most part i mean outside a judge but he's only batting like 280 it's not like he's tearing a cover off the ball but I, I just think until somebody lights a fire under these guys, nothing is gonna change. And I keep beating that dead horse every week. It's the same one I'll keep beating until this team actually does something about it.
1: I don't think you've ever Talk actually called I don't think you've ever actually called me an asshole before. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> well, <laughs> Listen, I can't, I, again, I did not say that to throw salt in an open wound. I was curious on your perspective because in seasons past, I feel like you would have tried to have the contrarian view on that one. Apparently, you can't go contrarian this year. Um, I'm not going to pile on the Yankees. I am merely going to shift to the other side of the coin here. When the Mets won that Saturday night game, in my eyes, I was just like, oh, God, we're getting swept in the doubleheader tomorrow. It's going to happen. And then the way we beat you guys in the first game, I was just like, holy shit. And I keep hearing that this team is heating up. I keep hearing that Pete Alonso is heating up. He hit all these home runs. What would he do when the bases were loaded and they had already scored three runs? We ground out to the pitcher. That's what I think. You're right, Eric. They should have swept that series. But when you're bringing Corey Oswalt out to start the game, you're conceding defeat in the first inning.
0: Not really, the Yankees. Yeah, can't yeah hit you anybody.
1: are. Nobody is Corey State. Oswald. You can, if you
0: throw your grandmother out there, I'm telling you, they can't If hit you her. can't
1: hit Corey Oswald, you belong in the independent leagues. You belong on the St. Paul team that Daryl Strawberry played on in '95. Some of these
0: guys might belong there right now, unfortunately. But
1: you, wait a minute. You keep saying it's not a talent problem, and then you say things like that. Which is it?
0: It's not a talent problem. It's what these guys need a kick in the ass. They've got Earth. no fire. They don't got no care. Well,
1: again, that's what it's
0: going to take. These guys can can all do. We've seen it. We saw it for two years with with labor before the last year, COVID year, and this year. You know, so I mean, we saw two years of it. We saw what Judge was able to do his rookie year when he played 152 games. We've seen what Gary Sanchez can do, and, and you know, we've seen what these guys can do. They're just not doing it. Lemayhu hitting three, what, at least 30, 40 points lower than his normal average? Yeah. I mean, this is just, it's absurd. But, you know, and and it's a a team-wide problem. And that's why I say I think it's something in the locker room. There's something there that's dragging them all down. All right. I'm telling you, I will preach it until uh, you will see the change. Once that one change is made, I'm telling you, I'll point it out. And that change will be the change today that, that everything else is going to get better from. But until then, like I said, next year, they can make a couple changes, make a couple personnel changes, maybe even make a trade or two. Who knows? But I think if they do that and they change cash ring, they change Boone they change the locker room, they change, you know, the direction a little bit, they're going to – this team pretty much is presently constituted. It could be a 100-win team. They have that talent. They're just not motivated right now.
1: Okay. Are you done? Because I'd like to finish what I was saying about the Mets.
0: Fuck the Mets.
1: Yeah, okay. Here's my thing. how I feel thing. about baseball right That's now. That's fine. That's fine. I get it. It's okay. Um, here's how I yeah, feel. Yeah, I'm a bitter Yankee fan. I don't care. I'm not getting we on you for that. I'm
0: not getting on you We've only had seven losing seasons in the last 53 years. I get it. We don't lose very often. Even some of those years, we were like 81 and, you know, or 80 and 81, 80 and 82. You know, there's a couple years in there where we weren't very good. Really, it was like late 80s to early 90s that we were real shit. Other than that, I mean, it's been a really great run for the Yankees. I get that. We don't lose often. So I get it. Does it sound like, baby, about, 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 about it? But at the same time,
1: I feel like we're in a therapist's right. office and Eric's on the couch. I really yeah, do. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's this, fair. Is, this is what this sounds like to me. <laughs> <laughs> Got
2: to get it off your chest somehow. Yeah. Can't what do you Dave? What do you
0: think? I mean, I know you're not a baseball guy, but you hear us yell and scream and I mean, this is probably about as low as you've seen me on a Yankee team, no?
2: This is 100% the lowest I've ever seen you on a Yankee team. And honestly, as far back as I can remember, this is the lowest that's been an overarching uh feeling amongst yankee fans it's not mm-hmm. just a couple people it, it, it's generally being felt across the uh the support the, the fans of the team so yeah i i, I get i get where you come from I, I can understand um and i just wanted to throw in really quick i rather also just get blown out than blow a lead that blowing a lead just 100 percent hurts more yeah, i don't if, care if,
1: it reminded me of September of 2019 when the Mets had the 10-4 lead against the Nationals and Diaz gave up the seven runs in that last inning. I don't think it was just Diaz. I'm pretty sure Corey Oswalt had a hand in that, too. But that's, that's what it reminded me of. But I, I, I have to say something here, and maybe because it's a family thing. So this is the lowest we've ever heard you on the Yankees. You still won't say the Yankees have taken a step back this year, though, huh?
0: No, because I don't think they're in a rebuild mode. I don't think they're in a step back mode. Step back doesn't doesn't mean rebuild. Step back doesn't mean rebuild. I don't think that. But again, then it's we're playing semantics with the words. I no, I don't think that they're. You know, stepping back, I just think they need to make changes. I don't – I think they could be right there with any of these teams. I think it's still half the year to go, and if they finish the second half of the year, 20 games over and in one of the wild card spots or, or maybe even winning the division, I'll be honest, I don't I don't think Boston's going to stay as hot as they've been all year. You know, they, they've been a surprise team, honestly, most – people pick them to be bottom of the division for this year. So, I mean, I, I think that there's some things that are going to change around. I don't think it's going to stay this way, but so I can't get too down. No. And I can't say it's a full step back again. You give me two years of this and then I could say, all right, we're taking a step back. We've got to reevaluate it. We've got to retool. We got to do this. We got to do that. You could say we're taking a step back at that point. If we're, we're half a season in, I, I'm not saying that.
1: All right, I'm not going to argue with you on it. If you want to say fuck the Mets again, go ahead. But can I say what I want to say about the Mets now?
0: I mean, yeah.
1: Sure. Okay. I gave you the opportunity to say it again if you wanted to. You can't even say I'm not being nice. Anyway, um, my thing and my problem with the fact that the Mets didn't win that last game outside of the fact that they let Corey Oswald make the start is – Yeah, all right. The Mets are still in first place. They came out of June 15 and 15, which given the Junes we've seen over the past few years is as great as we could have hoped for, especially given all the injuries we had. We got all the guys in the lineup back now. Now the pitching's going down. David Peterson, the fourth starter, who wasn't really that good to begin with. Now he's out for two months. Joey Lucchesi, the fifth starter, wasn't all that good. Anyway, Tommy John surgery, he's out. Every backup pitching option we've had, has not panned out. Carlos Carrasco is Jed Lowry, the secret. He's still on a milk cart and Noah Syndergaard, probably not gonna be back to late August, early September, which I can not yeah, You got three that. solid Hang guys on. on. You're That doesn't- What? will you what? stop? Will you, you stop? For will you we start for, start stop, stop, right stop, right stop, stop. That's great and everything. That's great. Like do will you say, yes, we do, but we still have two days out of five where we have to rely on a pitch on a bullpen that quite frankly has pitched entirely over their heads the first three months of the season. And in my opinion, if you're asking the bullpen to get nine outs, two days of the week, plus whatever innings the starters don't do, you're playing with fire. It's a ticking time bomb. Plus the offense itself truly has not gotten going yet. In my opinion, like Eric, I know you and me used to debate about this offense because it's basically been the same offense the last two or three years and i know because we got the trade deadline coming up should the Mets go for a bat or should they go for a starting pitcher i don't think the offense gets solved from the outside of the organization i don't because i think anybody you bring in is going to wind up looking like more of the same i think the problem is some of these guys really need to turn a corner and start living up to their potential whether it's mcneil or conforto or nimmo or alonzo or smith Again, like what you said with the Yankees, and I know you don't necessarily agree with me on this when it comes to these guys on the Mets. These guys are capable of being star-level players. It's time for them to finally live up to the words I've been saying for the last two, three years. It's time for them to do it on a consistent basis. If they're going after anything at the trading deadline, it has to be another starter. It has to be another starter because right now, the only reason the Mets have been in first place for the last two months is because the rest of the division has been shit. And quite frankly, we've taken advantage of woes that the opponents we've played have been going through, whether it's what the Yankees are going through, whether it's the fact that we had some good games against the Padres and the Cubs. We've been lucky so far this season. And my concern is that the luck is not going to continue unless they add some form of reinforcement to the starting pitching and the offense finally starts playing up to its potential on a nightly basis. It can't be a two out of three thing. It has to be consistent. I want to see them sweep a fucking series at some point. It'd be nice. Listen, just be happy. They're still in first place. I want them in first place. Come the end of September. And right now with this team, My concern is sooner or later, someone else in the division is going to wake up and go completely past them. The offense has to wake up, and we need a reinforcement at starting pitcher. Taylor McGill has been fine through his first three starts, but Eric, you know this. When a rookie pitcher comes up, if he's got any sort of talent, his first three starts are very good until the rest of the league gets the book on him. And then the league makes their adjustments, and then we find out whether or not the guy's going to sink or swim. That's coming for this guy. He's been good so far. We don't know that that's going to last. We need another starter here, plain and simple. Plain and simple. Go out. Do what you can at the deadline. Get a rental. Don't give up a top prospect for him. I'm not saying that. But if you're going to make a trade, it's got to be for a starting pitcher, and the offense has to just find its own way. And, Eric, can we both agree this Donnie Stevenson thing is fucking stupid? I don't
0: even know what you're You don't know about, what I'm uh, talking yes. about?
1: Fine. If I just take my word on it, it's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, I right. Eric, I'm sure you've made your thoughts clear on this. I don't know if you have comments. Dave, do you have anything you'd want to throw in?
2: I mean – Mike, you got to kind of have a little more of a glass full perspective. I I mean, you're the Mets are in first place. Uh, Even if they just win two out of three of every series, that's still going to give you a hell of a good record at the end of the year. And
1: Dave, do you remember a couple of weeks ago when Eric brought up 2007
2: and 2008? Yeah. I'm again, you you just, you don't need, I I can hear the anger in your voice. I'm like, I, I, I couldn't imagine being this angry about my team I, being in first place.
1: You that want me to good. be you want me to be honest? I'm really not angry. I'm just keeping things in perspective. Truthfully, I the last month is the happiest I've been in almost a year because I'm not at my former job anymore. So I'm I'm I want I want to lay down for a few hours. I haven't been able to do that yet. But other than that, no, I'm not angry. I'm just being realistic here. This team's been good. Sooner or later, the clock's going to strike midnight, and Cinderella going to turn into a pumpkin. Listen, if you want to, wish know that that's on not yourself, right, but
0: you know, if you want to wish that on yourself, I'm you not know, wishing. I, it. I'm not going to feel bad for you when it happens. I'm not going to feel bad for you if you're going to wish. Eric, it on what's yourself, the rule?
1: What's the rule? Hey, you're not, Eric? If you're not, what's... I'm
0: just saying. But you, you just don't have to be as miserable when they're winning. Like you, you could, you could be a little bit like. I mean, yes, yes, right yes, now, yeah, yes, yes, you we know, need we'll, to. We'll, we'll, we're the yeah. bad division. Yeah, you can talk about some things and be positive. where not everything has to sound like you just got kicked in the dick.
1: I don't think I was doing that, but no, I'm happy that we beat the Yankees. Yay! We beat the Yankees. We should have fucking swept you guys, though. Let's be let's be realistic. You should have. We're pathetic. You know what I'm saying you put Corey Oswalt out. You you waving the white flag. You waiting waving the white flag. Your AAA team. Could be Corey Oswald, and I'm sure they did because, quite frankly, our Triple A team's record isn't very good. Dave, I feel like we cut you off though. Uh,
2: I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like enjoy what, enjoy what you have while you have it.
1: I want, I want to see another starter. I wanted to see another starter. All right, fine, we're done with this. All right. Does anybody have anything else they'd like to bring up tonight, Dave? I'll start no, with I you. No, I mean just oh. on the
0: Yankee point. I will say that that Dave, I, I occasionally I'll get a text from from your old buddy Joey Balls there, and I it's rare because but when we do talk, I got to tell you every time he's telling me the same things about how much this Yankee team sucks right now, and I'm sure he's probably saying the same thing to you if you've had a chance to talk to him at all, but.
1: They suck
2: right Oh, now. yeah. He, he's, he, he's, about a, he's basically as miserable
1: as you are. Can I be hit glass half full about something? I want to be glass half full about something here. Because I was told I need to be glass half full. I want to be glass half full about one thing here. We're talking about the Yankees sucking. And they're one game under f- over 500. Yeah. That's not a total suck fest. OK, total no, but that, it's not. But
0: that and that's also why I can't say they're taking a step back because we're only halfway through a season. You're still game over 500. If they would have lost to the Mets, they got swept and they were under 500. If they get to a point where they are under 500, then, you know, it's again, we're still just reevaluate. But if they're over 500, you're right. I can't be too depressed about a team that's still in the race. And that, been, that would that would
1: that would have been some fucking momentum that probably would have put me in a better mood because it'd you'd be like, holy shit, we swept the team. We didn't. We didn't just settle for two out of three or two out of two. We actually swept the team. Would have been nice. Yes, it would have been different for both us there, Eric. Yes, I agree with you. But we didn't because Corey OsWalt is shit. And to quote Frank the Tank Fleming from Barstool, Corey OsWalt and his I Heart losing tattoo. Time I see that guy, just think. I I just think the will ponds, just think the will ponds. Just we're never that far away from that until we get to a place where we don't have to trot him out every fourth day or every fifth day, whatever it is. All right, maybe I am a little angry anyway. All right, does anybody have anything else? Uh, Um, uh, no, just one little thing I want to throw out there real quick because it was a little
0: surprising to me only because I would think that he would be higher on the list, even though I know he's only a rookie. But did see that Lawrence signed his rookie deal worth whatever amount, $58 million, $38 million, whatever it was worth. Mm. And he makes him, apparently, over the next whatever years, whatever, he is the 20th highest-paid QB in the league right now. And I was like, hmm, for a rookie, I thought he would have been around top 15-ish for number one overall pick in the draft. And then again, I'm like, I don't know. So I just thought that the number of him being 20th on the list of starting QBs was uh, an interesting spot for him to land. I don't know what you guys think.
1: Well, I guess it's about the rookie slotting system that we have in place now because I'm looking at the article on ESPN. Yes, did, it is did, the rookie did, slotting system, so there wasn't much
0: negotiation there as far as yeah, what yeah. he was going to make. I was just surprised that it comes in at like 20th
1: level. He gets a $24 million signing bonus that is paid within 15 days. I can't feel bad for him.
0: Oh no, no, listen. None of you us me feel bad 24 for me 24 million. I don't think there's any, and none of the three of us feel bad for him, like trust me. We, yeah, you know, we don't saying, feel bad. You, you I was me, just surprised at what that number was. was like,
1: You're telling me within two weeks of signing a contract, I get 24 million dollars. Sign my ass up. You could pay me five bucks for the next five years, and I'd take that.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I would say 20 seemed to, I, I actually thought 20 seemed like right on par for where I thought he'd end up, to be honest with you. So I wasn't surprised he was that, uh, that high or that low. I thought that was mm. kind of right where, where he was going to fall. Um, and I mean, in a matter of a year or two, he'll drop down and other guys will get their con to contracts and then he'll, he has the career people expect him to have. He'll set the record for the biggest contract ever, and
1: mm-hmm. the
2: the the wheel of the um, how do you say the wheel the, the, wheel, the wheel continues the NFL, to turn. Yeah, will never stop turning. It's just going to be more and more money. At some point, some guy's going to sign for a billion dollars.
1: Now I'll say it because nothing stops the shield.
0: Hold on, well, well and maybe I'm wrong about this, and maybe if I am, definitely correct me. But isn't next year one of the first times, if not the first time ever, the salary cap is actually going down in the NFL, not up?
1: Didn't that already happen this past year? Uh, I it went it, I down.
0: Next
2: year. It went down this past year, and uh, for next year, they're projecting it lower than what they thought it would be projected for. But it, with full stadiums this year, I think you're going to end up seeing them being able to increase it back to what they uh they were hoping for because keep in mind this it, it's already been announced All thir- 32 stadiums are expi- uh, uh, approved for full capacity
1: well yeah but
0: i also yeah. wonder if full capacity means what it used to mean because full capacity they had the place jammed up with seats i wonder if they're going to try to space it out or have some more open areas and have try to you know incorporate some of that social distancing into the stadiums now and I wonder if that instead of you having a 50,000 seat stadium maybe it's only 45. I don't know I'm just I I don't know I can't say that because again I don't know if they would ever do that to take seats away from themselves because that doesn't seem right because to me I'm like now they want to make as much money as possible so they want to sell as many tickets as possible so they probably wouldn't do that but at the same time I'm like Who knows, maybe if they want sellouts every game and this and that, and they want to, you know, I, I,
1: I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, it's a fair point, and you do have to figure that there will probably be a couple sections for unvaccinated people. So I wouldn't be surprised if the max capacity number is still a hair lower than what it used to be back, you know, before all this. Wouldn't be surprising. I'm sure the NFL will fight that, though, tooth and nail.
2: Oh, they're yeah. they're they're going to do everything they can to pack every single person and fill that stadium. Mm. I have yeah. no doubt about it. Even if the question it is, will you guys go to any games to this year? Waivers. Will you guys I try to go to any won't. games this
0: year? No, I haven't.
1: I haven't been to a football game since I was like twelve years old, and it was a Giants game actually. So yeah, I don't see that changing this year.
2: Uh, Giannis will play tonight.
1: Okay. All right. We'll see we'll see what he can do. I know uh they were trying him out. They showed something about him going through uh work warm-ups. So we shall see. All right. Does anybody have anything else they want to bring up? Um anything. Big
0: Brother starts Wednesday. I'll say that and still enjoying Loki, so that's about all I got for you guys
1: though. Hmm. All right, you make fun of my TV choices every week. What else do you want to bring up? I'll let you. I'll let you go for a little while.
0: I already brought it. I already brought it up. I, I just said Big Brother starts on Wednesday. I'm watching America's Got Talent right now, which I always just find entertaining. You know, and uh, other than that, Loki, like I said, is entertaining. I did see. Did I tell you guys I saw Fast Nine?
1: I think nah. you said
0: that. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if Dave was with us last week or whatever. Oh yeah, no, wait, you're right. That. You're right. I did see Fast Nine, Dave. Did you see Fast Nine?
2: No, and no, I won't.
0: All right, good. It's no, not worth it, you, trust you, me. You, no, it.
2: Yeah, you I was gonna say you won't ruin anything for me if you tell me about
0: it. No, no, I don't need to tell you anything. It sucked. It it, it was it was it, it was one where I'm like they are just milking this franchise for as many movies as they possibly can. Like As long as people are going to show up with their 15 bucks, you know, at the movies and pay for a ticket, they're going to keep putting out this garbage. And my wife will keep dragging me to it because she likes The Rock and Vin Diesel and Jason Statham and the rest of these guys. But it's straight garbage.
2: All right. That's what I expected it to be. So I am going to see Black Widow on Sunday with mom. So I'll let you guys know what my thoughts on that are.
0: Yeah, I'm debating on if I'm going to go and see it or not. Janice did offer to go with me to see it. I I just, I'm torn on it because I haven't, not that I've seen any spoiler reviews or anything, but like the non-spoiler reviews I've seen for it have not gotten me very excited about it.
1: Oh, Black Widow? I'm waking up three hours before work to watch it. I'm looking forward to it. Fuck what everybody else is saying, man. I'm looking forward. Forward to it. I'll look forward to it until I see a reason not to be. I don't care. I don't care. I do like Scarlett Johansson
0: as Black Widow. So I, I'm not. I'm not like. I mean, down on it or anything. But I just. I, I don't know. It's I, I the want, first I, Marvel movie now out after the whole thing. It's been two years plus. I don't know. I just. I'm hoping that I. am hoping I just go in and enjoy it. That's what I want to do. It's just. I'll be honest. I went into Fast 9 thinking, like, listen, as long as it's just an enjoyable movie who gives a shit, like, it was not really, like, super enjoyable. It was like, eh, like, all right, how much longer is this thing? Like, I just hope that's not what Black Widow turns into for me. Like, I'm hoping I I I just go in and it's a fun time. I just want it to be fun.
1: I mean, first of all, going back to Black Widow, before I talk about Fast 9, I'm as excited for this movie as I could be. Given the fact that they should have made this movie six years ago, like the fact that this movie's coming out now, like if you think about it, this movie should have came out around the time Winter Soldier came out because people would have that would have been the zenith in terms of excitement for a Black po- a Widow solo movie. We waited almost what eight years for this movie, so you know, I'm as excited for it as I can be with that, but I still think the trailers look good as far as Fast Nine goes. I mean. Think of Fast 8 and realize that the only thing that really saved that movie was the fight scene Jason Statham had while trying to save the baby. And that, that's the only part of that movie I really remember, uh, besides the fact that apparently uh, nine cars surrounding an individual when fire is um, coming can save the individual from being burnt to a crisp. And that's all I remember about that movie. Nothing, huh? Okay. It was crap. It's been crap since probably the second one. No, I don't. I I like that second one, but the fifth one was good. Dave, did you like any of them? Did you like any of them, even
0: ones when we were younger?
2: Uh, I watched, I enjoyed the first one. The second one I got really bored with, so I didn't watch another one until The Rock was in them. Then I watched the two with The Rock. I watched Hobbs and Shaw. Um and I think that's it.
1: I uh I never saw the first one. I saw the second one because it was my first summer working at the first movie theater I worked with, and I actually liked that one. Didn't care about the third one, didn't really give a shit about the fourth one. Uh wound up being bored and walking into the fifth one. And I thought that was pretty good. I thought the sixth one was okay. Seventh one, I started to say, had a really good ending, the send off to Paul Walker which I think was the only reason why most people saw Fast 7. But that had a good ending. 8 was, and Hobbs and Shaw was good.
2: Yeah, I, I enjoyed that.
1: It this is The I
0: Rock and Jason, Jason Statham, they're enjoyable.
1: Yeah, no, they, yep. they, were, they were good together. And uh, the one who played Jason Statham's sister, who was in the, uh, the Miss, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol for like a minute. She was really good, too. Honestly,
2: I don't even remember her.
1: nice nice idris alba i thought was a wasted villain though i thought he was kind of wasted in that movie but then again i'm a big idris alba fan uh the wire anyway um all right i think that'll do it for us here tonight uh let you guys have some final thoughts here dave hastings happy birthday once again my friend thank
2: you very much gentlemen uh I always enjoy our time and uh, look forward to chatting with you guys next week.
1: You got it, man. Stay sweaty, buddy. Eric Tressler.
0: Stay sweaty, my friends. Until thank next you. Week.
1: Stay sweaty, my friend. Yes. And thank you to everybody for listening to us on all our various podcasting outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Always thank you for joining us no matter how you join us. I am Mike Aglioloro, and once again, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see y'all. Fuck the Yankees next week. (laughs)